Your job is to fill your own cup so it overflows. Then you can serve others from your saucer. That is a quote by my coach, Lisa Nichols. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is episode 105. The topic of this week's episode is nurturing for healthcare providers. My guest this week is Dr. Viola Pierce. Dr. Viola Pierce is the CEO and founder of VP Nursing Leadership, Training, and Coaching. She is a nurse with more than 25 years of experience. She has worked in various specialties in the nursing industry to include urgent care, OBGYN, home health, and nursing homes. She has spent the majority of her career in emergency medicine. Her business, VP Nursing Leadership Coaching and Training, is an organization that is focused on the nurturing of health care providers. As a result of the training and coaching by the team at VP Nursing, healthcare providers are able to deliver comprehensive care to their community of patients. Hi, Dr. Viola. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, how are you? Doing well. What you been doing with yourself? You know, just living the dream. <laughs> live, live in the dream. See, if you guys don't already know, we are friends. We know each other. So we we kind of got the sister girl, girlfriend vibe going on. So this should be a fun episode for everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So let's get down to business. So with Trita Talk, I always ask people to give a brief synopsis about who they are and how they came to be where they are, because you are a doctor. You have a doctorate in nursing, correct? Correct. Okay. So you are a uh, doctorate in nursing, but you are a CEO. You have your own business and you are doing some amazing things. So why don't you tell the listeners who Dr. Viola is? So the very brief synopsis is that I, um, I just had a month and this is probably about my 19th year. I've been a nurse for 27 years, about my 19th year of nursing, just a month where I had a just a lot of death. I worked in the emergency department at that time and then just struggled through that process. And so I knew that I needed to um, create something for healthcare professionals to, um, to make their lives a lot easier. And so our goal at VP nursing is, um, and so I decided to, the, for the company um, to come about. And so our goal of VP nursing is to, um, for healthcare professionals, Professionals to equip them to be spiritually and physically fit, financially stable, able to lead with integrity, to decrease air at the bedside, increase resilience, and for them to lead a full empowered life. And so that is our goal. Um, and then we have the five pillars of success, which is family, fitness, finance, spirituality, and leadership. 
And I, it, we actually started the company prior to um, COVID. And now that COVID is here, it's um, it's super important to let your um, your healthcare professionals know, and for you know them to receive coaching as it relates to that because it is it's it's tough out there. You know, people say that we signed up for COVID, but we didn't sign up for COVID. We didn't sign up to die, right? Um, we didn't sign up not to have PPE. Um, you know, I was very fortunate in our company in which we did have it, but you know, there are plenty of Pay, there are plenty of nurses who didn't have it, and there are nurses who have died because of that. That's not something that they signed up for. And there are nurses that are exiting the exiting the um, profession, and so we we just we we can't have that because you won't have nurses to take care of the patients. So, so true. And this pandemic has actually, if not everyone, I can speak for myself, has made people appreciate people like you who are on the front lines. I mean, I, I know front lines because I'm military, but you're the front line that we need each and every day. So with this pandemic, how has it changed you as a person and going forward in your profession? So I, it, fortunately, I'm very, um, I've had that spiritual foundation and I've had that, that strong, um, because of my spiritual foundation, I don't have that fear you know, that most people have. I had it kind of a little bit at the first, at the beginning of it. And so like I went out and we, um, we did a wheel, right. Because I wanted to make sure that all the assets were allocated. Um, but those types of things are just put into place just to make sure, um, just in the case that I did, I really don't work on this, this front lines per se. Like I don't work in the emergency department now, but, uh, I do work with patients. And so, you know, patients could be silent carriers. Right. And so, um, because of that, I, um, you know, I, there was a whole lot of things that I just, I needed to make sure that, um, I just needed to make sure that we put in this to place. But other than that, um, I mean, I just, we just roll with the flow. We know exactly what the, um, you know, the, the pandemic, we kind of know a little bit more now than what we used to. So it makes it a little bit easier at this point. We just, you know, we're just living with our new norm, right? Mm, So true. So with your business now you say you you don't work with patients as much as you used to but um with your business who are you working with with your business and and tell us more about that so um with the business i work with nurses um individual nurses um and individual healthcare professionals um i also um work with, um, companies, um, to do training. So I do my coaching with the individual nurses training, um, for the, um, the, the companies. And of course I do, um, keynote speaking. Okay. Training for companies. Yes. So I, and I think that's so important because the healthcare professionals, you guys basically work 24 hours a day. Basically you can say that, right. (laughs) You know, you're, you're doing those shifts and, you know, and if you're a good one, you know, you care about your patient. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> yeah, right. But it is important. Like you say, you're, you're talking about your physically, your sp- spiritual, your mental fitness. And for the listeners, for those of us who may not have anyone close to us who have been in the healthcare profession. And like I said, and with this pandemic has shown, shown us that we need 
are healthcare professionals. Tell us some of the things that you guys go through, the reason why you're honing in on those pillars in that physical, mental, and spiritual being of healthcare professionals. So it is, but so we go through a lot of burnout. So the average life of an ER nurse is about five years. And so we, um, I was an ER nurse for 15 years. Um, but the ER nurses, um, critical care nurses and dialysis nurses and also hospice nurses, those are the four nurses that really have a lot of burnout. And, and, but I think that it has exacerbated itself in those areas, but also bled over into those other areas, such as um, med surge, because of the fact that you just, you're scared, right? The med surge nurse didn't, didn't come in. And I mean, you know, I used to wear a mask on during flu season, but the med surge nurse just doesn't do that. And dealing with all that death and um, dealing with the, you know, because we're empaths, right? And so we take on the feeling of everyone else. And because we do take on that feeling, it is a struggle for us. It is a true struggle. Wow. So, and and I'm pretty sure you're going to talk to this, but with that, how, and it's probably the reason why you have your business. How do you separate that? How do you separate? that work from your personal life? I mean, because like you said, you see a lot of death and is it easy to leave and to get home and, sh- you know, shake it off and be like, okay, hi, I'm home, honey. Yeah. Talk about that. So it's not easy to shake it off. And so sometimes what would happen is I would go home and I would have those mental images in my mind for, for, for years. Like even now, um, when I travel, my husband's a very good driver. Thankfully he's a very safe driver, but even when I travel with people who are not safe drivers, I struggle because I see the mental images in my head of the accidents that I have seen. And so what I have to do is that in the mornings, this is what I do spiritually in order to bring myself in and to put that armor God on me is that in the mornings, I'm very specific about waking up before anybody else gets up. And this was before my children, you know, were no longer in the home. I got up. I mean, sure that um, I read, you know, some type of Bible verse. I did some meditation. I prayed, um, journaling. Those types of things are the things that pulled me in and helped me put on the armor before I went out to take care of the patient because it was a struggle for sure. Wow. I, I can imagine that. Now, is that one of the reasons why you wanted to kind of move away from that hands-on and into more of your training and coaching area of your business? Well, one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to make sure that I let the um, the healthcare professional, you know, because once you, it's almost like you, you're a child in the, the, you know, you're like the novice nurse, right? The novice nurse, I consider it not a child per se, but just, uh, you know, a professional, but, you know, they're new in the, um, in it. And so, um, so because of that, I knew that once I got to this point, like, I don't, I don't desire to go back to the bedside so much, right? Because um, I remember going out of town and now he's just be like, I'm, I'm going to get back so I can stick somebody, right? Like, I, once I got past that point, <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't really want to stick anybody. I'm good, right? And so I knew that I wanted to teach, um, to mentor and to coach um, other healthcare professionals. And then I started doing it. It really was out of just doing it. And once I started doing it, 
you know, these, the people that I, I coached, like their lives got exponentially better. Right. And so I was like, well, maybe I might be a little bit good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cause you mentioned something and it, it's something that touched my heart because of something I do. Like I get up in the morning and I pray and I have my favorite Bible verses, but it seems like you live on intention. And you, I mean, you have to, to keep your, keep yourself sane. Right. And when you're helping the people that you're helping in your business and coaching, because I think that's how we do it. We kind of do it without it being a job. And then we find out, Oh, we're good at this. Do you think that that's your purpose? Definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I remember trying to figure out what my purpose was. And I think that your purpose is derived out of your greatest pain. And so during that month, when I had all those people that passed away in the emergency department, you know, due to fatalities, I mean, things that they, they probably wouldn't, they, they came to the emergency department, but they, you know, they wouldn't have survived anyway. Right. And so the reality is that once we got, you know, I, I, I wasn't a part, like I wasn't a nurse for all of those patients, but I was, I, you know, I kind of was a gopher for a couple of them, maybe the nurse for one of them, you know, and I was just, I mean, I was heartbroken. I was devastated. I could not, I mean, I was a nurse for 19 years. I was, it wasn't like I was a, a new clinician, but I knew that if I did not master that breaking point, that I was going to leave the profession. And if I left the profession, in 2026, we were already slated to have a significant amount of um, a deficit in, in the nursing profession, 2026. Mm-hmm. Now with COVID hit, it's going to be even a larger deficit because, you know, nurses are not, you know, they're not wanting to, to go into that, that space. But see, we have to have a larger voice. There's 3 million nurses in the United States of America. We have to have that larger voice and to say, I don't know if you may not know this, but because you, um, you know, you, you kind of in a different arena, but I don't know. You, you could tell me whether you, you remember this or not, but there's a Senator from Washington. And she said that whenever apparently in Washington, I, I'm not exactly sure why she was even talking about breaks for nurses, but she started talking about um, the fact that whenever nurses went on breaks, they're probably just playing cards. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was not. Let me, let me just tell you. Now, mind you, I have a slew of nurses on my timeline on Facebook. Right. And it was lit. like I put it. I, I was like, like I was initially upset about it. Right. And then probably about two hours later, I just feel sorry for her. <laughs> Like, she has, yeah, she has no idea what kind of beast she has woken up. Okay, <laughs> I mean, oh my god, they're probably playing cards because <laughs> yeah, that's what you guys do. You wait to go on break so you can play cards. That we even get a break, first of all, right? <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. So you know, my goal is to because I know that we have such a large voice and I know that we have the ability to be, but see, when I went into nursing, I, I thought that I was going to be a bedside nurse and that I was going to safely go into retirement. But the, the reality is that I knew that 
it was the first time that I went and sat at a table because we were trying to achieve magnet status and magnet mm-hmm. status is where, you know, you, you have to do all these, um, you have to have what's called, um, governance, right? You have these governing committees and those committees brings the bedside nurse to the table so that you can um, give your information so that you can make change, right? Because the reality is that at the CNO level, you know a little bit, but the reality of the matter is, is that you know more being at the bedside than you do at any other place, right? So this brings everyone to the table in order to be able to come up with viable solutions. And so that was the deal. Once I went to one of those governing, um, shared governance committees, I was like, oh, well, that changed because I said something. And I was mm-hmm. like, OK, you know. And so because we have such a, a, a huge amount of change, you know, control going on, we want to make sure that we have the bedside nurse there to be able to make that change and um, and make the the environment better for the patient. And they're they're you know, they have buy-in. They have buy-in because they made that decision, right? And so you want them to have that um, decision. And it is because at the end of the day, you want it to be best for not just the patient, but for the, the nurse and for the organization, or not just the nurse, but the, the staff and the healthcare organization, right? And so mm-hmm. the deal is that you need to make sure that you have everything in place. But the reality is that you can't put the oxygen mask on the patient If you don't put the oxygen mask on your staff, if you don't put the oxygen mask on your staff, your staff is going to suffer and that is going to be a problem for your patients all day long. Wow. And since you're talking about bedside nurses and manners and things like that now, I have experienced some bad nurses and bad doctors what do you do when you come across people like that? What can people do? Because you're you're almost at the mercy of that person because you, you want to get treated, right? But then you come in contact with somebody who's got a bad attitude or, they, you know, whatever. How, as a patient, should I handle that? So as a patient, you should call the charge nurse or the person who is in charge. And, um, and you know, and for lack of better words, I mean, unless you can't, if you don't get in resolution with that, then you need to, you know, you may need to go to another hospital and patients have those choices, right? They have those choices to go to other hospitals. Um, but you, you call the charge nurse and typically because the charge nurse is there to resolve situations. They're there to resolve. They're there for, you know, to make sure that the staff is taken care of, but they're also there to take, make sure that the patient is taken care of. And sometimes you just have to, you know, look at the, the situation. I mean, I've had I've had situations and I, I have to look at it at, you know, as a charge nurse, because I was one for many, many years. Um, you have to look at the well roundedness of it. Right. So I have to look at what's going on in my own in my department and what's going on with that that person. Sometimes people, you know, and, and that's the deal with having um, given nurses this coaching, right? Because if you coach nurses in these areas, then they're able to show up full and at the bedside. Because the reality is, is that if I'm worried about my car getting repossessed, or if I'm worried about my children because my family is all screwed up, or if I don't feel good because my fitness is out of sync, then that's when I don't show up at the bedside fully able to take care of the patient. And that's the value of it. That's the value Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you have have as safe and efficacious um, 
care for that patient as you you can ever have. I mean, you know, as you can tell, I'm just a little bit passionate about this. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad you are because I don't think enough people are, but I'm glad you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think that, you know, it's just it's it's just we have to be very intentional about that. We have to be very intentional because I, as a, and I was a good clinician, but I will admit that whenever I went into leadership, I was not necessarily a good leader. Right. And so I needed to learn leadership. And what I, what happened with me is I got demoted from two jobs. I got demoted from two jobs and I said, okay, Viola, you know, when everybody around you is saying that is you, it's probably you. Okay. So you need to figure that out. And so what I did was I started going to leadership trainings and that is what got me to where I am now, because I wanted to be sure that I had the effect on healthcare that I needed to have. I wanted to make sure that I was able to lead with integrity, that I was able to lead so that the the nurse can come to the bedside because I'm there for the healthcare professional. I'm not there for the patient at this point as a charge nurse. And I needed to be, have my my stuff together. I needed to have my leadership skills together in order to, um, in order to be able to lead them correctly. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I do leadership coaching as well. And I think you hit the nail on the head, not just for nurses, but for anyone, because so many times in my professional and military careers, I have come up against bad leaders, just poor leaders. And the thing is, we put these people into leadership because, you know, maybe they look good on paper or maybe whatever, but very seldom are they getting the training that they need so that they know what's entailed in that. Because leadership is not just the title. Right. And, you know, and leadership is not just, and it's so, and this is what I've come across that people who are in leadership and I use leadership because leadership and management to me are, are, are different. Right. But you have people in these supervisory roles who nine times out of 10, a lot of them are in those roles and they only have one thing in mind and that's them. How am I going to get to the next level? How, what am I going to do to climb this ladder? And I'll step on anybody along the way to get to where I'm going. They're not necessarily leaders where they're going, okay, I'm in this position, which I need to be you know, operating in integrity. I need to take this as, a privilege, not a right. And I need to use this to empower my people. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that's, can you tell I'm a passionate about it? Cause that's <laughs> something I'm very passionate about is leadership because I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's like, I look around and I have been, like I said, under some, some people who are been my supervisors and things like that. And I'm going, how did you get this position? So I think that's so critical with what you're saying with the training and the coaching that you're giving, because, you know, let's just face it. Anybody, you know, can go to school, get degrees. If you're a good test taker, you may come out with a 4.0 GPA, but is that giving you what you need to be that leader and to have that bedside manner? And yes. not compete against everybody else. I mean, just go in there and, and focus on the team. And I, you will win every time, every single time. And I've learned that. And that is so important. And I just, I I can't tell you. And the, one of the reasons why they a lot of organizations post, and some people may not know this, but um, 
organizations get paid, they get reimbursed on the patient satisfaction scores. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that is the reason why they focus on the patient so much. But the reality is, is that if you don't put focus on your staff, you will never, ever, you will never hit every patient, but you Mm. can hit every staff member. And I promise you, if you invest in your staff, your staff will invest in your patient. (laughs) So true. Yeah. You need to travel around the world and tell people this because, you know, and it's, it's so sad because when people go to hospitals, um, doctors, things like that, they're at their most vulnerable moment. And like I say, when you go and you get somebody who is being nasty to you and, and granted, we all have our bad days. Right. But I mean, I think in certain profession, well, in, in any profession, you shouldn't take your bad day out on the person you're supposed to be serving. But when you have somebody who's sick or ill, who dying or whatever, and you get that nurse or that doctor with an attitude or that's just totally stanky, um, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be in that position, you know, get yourself worked out before you get back on the floor because, you know, people want to get treated and people don't want to feel like, well, do, should I leave? And, you know, sometimes people don't know that they can leave. They just think, okay, I'm at this hospital and they've treated me. Or if I leave, I'm gonna have to pay this big old bill and then I'm gonna have to go somewhere else and pay another bill. So I just think it's so important and it's so critical for people to know these things and to get educated. Um, so I know you just had a summit, a big summit. So why don't yeah. you tell us about your summit and what was all entailed and um, what what did you train on? What did you coach on? Just tell us about it. Take us through um, the experience. Yes. So we had, um, we actually had to pivot to the virtual stage, obviously, because, um, because of COVID. But the name of the um, summit is called Balanced and Brilliant Healthcare Professionals, um, Tapping into Your Greatness. And so we cover, you know, of course, we had a keynote, um, which was one of my friends, Melissa, um, who is amazing. And then we covered every area of um, the five pillars, which is family, fitness, finance, spirituality, and leadership. And um, once we covered that we gave um, contact hours for your licensing, um, and it was just an amazing event. I mean, it it was much better than I would have ever thought. We've got you know we've got a couple of you know eighties here and there, but pretty much we got a hundred on you know the feedback from the um, from the audience or from the participants. I mean, it was just it was just an amazing event, and everyone just they were very engaged i was very specific we were very specific in how we put the conference on because you know you want people to be engaged right you don't want them to come in there and be bored out of their mind that's the difference between my conferences and most conference of most people so what happens is is that most of the time you come and you learn about the patient right um you know they give you all this evidence-based practice you know that's the reason why my particular degree. I have a a doctorate in nursing practice. So you had all these PhD nurses, right? And they were doing all the research. But then in order to drive the research into practice, and you needed somebody to do that. And so that's when um, they came up with the, um, the doctorate of nursing practice. I came out with that. And so that is the reason why. And so what I do is I drive it into practice. And so 
this is a part of my practice is driving it to enter practice. And so um, we talk about the healthcare professional. Most times you come and you talk about the patient again. We don't talk about the patient. I mean, mm. we love the patient. We want the patient to be taken care of, and ultimately they will be taken care of. But we, we've got to put the oxygen mask on our healthcare professionals first, period, point blank in the story. And it is so many times when that has not happened. And also the difference is that we don't really talk about self-care in that. You know, it's self-care, but it's not just that, right? It's the whole well-rounded being. That's the whole difference in it. It's because it hits every area of your life. And so that and all in itself and the practicality of it gives you because the way that you change your life is via habits. And so what we talk about is your habits. We talk about what you should do in order to change that. Consistency separates all time greats from one hit wonders. Okay. The sort of Stephen Furtick, he says that all the time. And so that's the thing. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so those things had just, you know, just changed the way that I operate. And I just, that I just, if, if every healthcare provider could have been at that conference, it would have been amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm not even in, in healthcare, but that sound like that was uh, a good one to be at. <laughs> now, how often are you going to do these uh, summits and conferences when we finally can be able to be around other people? <laughs> So initially it was going to be annually, right? But what we're going what we were going to do is we're going to do the retreats and then do um also um the conference, but I think we're going to probably do it twice a year now until we can get back to the point where we're doing we can do a retreat because I really want to do a retreat for the healthcare professional also. So oh, great, great. And you have a live show that you do daily. Is it daily or, or what? It is on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It's called Morning Infusion with Dr. V. And basically we pull in healthcare professionals who are, you know, who are thriving at whatever area they're thriving at. So whether it be family, fitness, finance, spirituality, or leadership, which is our goals. So either one of those, they we bring them on and we talk to them and, you know, basically I send them the questions and we just kind of talk back and forth as having a conversation. Um, and we just have a good time. It's from seven 30 to eight o'clock Eastern standard time. And it's, um, and it streams live on Facebook and on, um, on YouTube. We're trying to get LinkedIn. They're a little bit stubborn, but you know, <laughs> hopefully we can get them soon. <laughs> I've been waiting for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't feel so bad because you're the technical guru. <laughs> I've been, they're very stingy with their, they're giving out access. So yes, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. man. Yes. We have a, we have a, an amazing, amazing time for sure. Good. That sounds very empowering. And it's like you said, you're bringing the practicality to it. You're not just talking stats and the book facts of of healthcare. You're actually talking the things that they need to do to function right. and to be. And that and and honestly, like I said, that's not my wheelhouse, but I don't I have never heard anyone say that that existed. 
I don't think it does. I mean, I, I don't, I've never seen it exist anywhere else um, other than here. You know, it kind of started out as a not-for-profit. It's called the Nurse Nurturer. And so that's what I call myself, the Nurse Nurturer. So, um, but that's what my not-for-profit is. And so the, um, it's a not-for-profit, which is the Nurse Nurturer. VP Nursing is the um, for-profit. Mm-hmm. And um, one is just geared towards healthcare providers that are coming into the um, profession. And then one is for those who are already in the profession. And so the goal is for us to, you know, knock it down because we, we got to pour into these healthcare professionals. They are amazing men and women. They are amazing. And dealing with life is tough. The difference between, and I say this all the time, you know, like if you deal in the logging industry, like you may, you may, you know, order an extra hundred logs, right? Mm-hmm. And you may lose some money, but the difference in ours is that you lose lives and that is not, we can't, we just can't do that. You know, we want to make sure that we have um, the best environment for our healthcare professionals as we, we can have. And the coaching that I do is, is, is essential to that. Now, can any healthcare professional attend or is it specifically for nurses? Um, so right now, um, it's, 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 it's more specifically for nurses. We'll probably um, open it up to, um, so we, what we get um, for nurses is um, contact hours or um, CEUs. Um, but for um, medical, for the medical staff, for the nurse practitioners, they get, um, and for the doctors, they get what's called CME, which is certified medical um, hours. And so yeah. we, um, so we'll probably open that up. But as of as of right now, I mean, you can attend and you can get the content. You just won't get the hours. And the content okay. is valuable. It's it's value right. all throughout the content. So okay. Okay, great. Well, we're going to get into our questions. Are you ready? We're ready. All right. Who or what motivates you? Um, I would have to say um, between my husband and my children, they are, um, they are definitely um, what motivates me. And it's because I want to leave legacy. I want to make sure that they see the, the progress. I want to see, I want them to know that, you know, we did everything that we could in order to, you know, I want them to have generations upon generations upon generations of wealth. I mean, that's just what that is. And I want them to know that what is what it is like to impact, you know, multiple, multiple people across, you know, multiple races and cultures. And yeah, I just want them to, to see what that process looks like. We, I want to be the representation for them. I think that they're probably my driving force. Mm, that's beautiful. What demotivates you? Um, I think just being, you know, I recently went, um, cause there's not really much that demotivates me. Um, <laughs> but I recently went, um, I guess not vegan, but pescatarian because I mean, I just felt bad, right. All the time. I mean, and so, that's probably the thing that probably demotivates me. It's just being tired, you know, other than that. I mean, but once I change my diet, like I have all this energy and I'm good. So, uh, that's, I, there's nothing that demotivates me. And that's because of the purpose, right? The purpose is so important. And so, I uh, yeah, nothing's going to stop it. It's, it's, it's a train now we're going. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Um, so, um, I, um, went up for a position, um, uh, manager position, actually. That was the last time that it, it really, really hurt me. Um, but the reality is that that manager position would have eaten me alive because it was such a demanding position. Um, but it ended up working out for my good because I left that job and I went on to get my doctoral degree. So, Hey, we in the business. We're good. <laughs> because, you know, everything works together for the good. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Of those that love the Lord. <laughs> yes. Amen. 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 <laughs> what is your fear? Um, my fear is probably that I won't make an impact. That's probably mm-hmm. my biggest fear. Um, and you know, and of course I have, you know, just, you know, crazy fears. Like, you know, I, I want to make sure that my children are safe and my husband is safe because, you know, he's precious and my mom is safe, you know, but those, those are my fear. My fears are my biggest fears that I won't make an impact. Um, but I don't okay. really fear a whole lot you know, because, you know, Cause you're super woman. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'm not superwoman, but I, I just, I just, I stop because fear just, it takes the wind out of your sail, right? And what's going to happen, right? You know, if I wouldn't go out and ask a hundred people, you know, something and, you know, I don't know, 75 of them say no, right? I got the 25. How is that to look at the good side of everything? Because if you don't, you'll always be down in the dumps about that bad stuff. I mean, you know, bad stuff's going to happen. It's going to fall on the just and the unjust. And you just got to focus on the good. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> you said a word there. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Uh, <clears throat> I wish I had a went I wish I had a went back to school earlier. Um, and I also wish that I started a business earlier. Other than that, no, I don't. You know, I think that timing is everything, as we talked about before. So. Uh, OK. OK, so then let's see how you're going to answer this. You probably just already answered it. But is there a time you wish you had not done something? Well, we probably can't talk about that. <laughs> Give me something I can talk about. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean about that. <laughs> so I dated this guy that I probably shouldn't have dated. <laughs> Had a lot of those, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that that was, you know. Yeah, that was probably, and it, and it wasn't because uh, it was because I, you have to be very careful about who comes into your eye gate and your ear gate. You have to be very careful about who you hang out with. You have to be very careful that they pour into you and not pull from you. You know, and that was the thing that really, really tore me up. And I, I just, um, I, yeah, that mm. was the one of the worst decisions of my life, um, and I won't ever forget it. Whatever, forget it. Mm. <laughs> I 
girl. I, I know. But it Ooh. made me such a better person, though, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because now I'm like, yeah, you come. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, anyway, let's move on because I know about that. What is your definition of success? Um, my definition of success is raising children that understand the value of themselves, um, understand the value of who they are. Um, they they have the representation, right? The representation from us of who they need to be, you know, in life and knowing that they can conquer the world at any point in time. That, that is my definition of success. That, that is, they've really always been my driving force. And so um, just under letting them understand that that's my definition. It always has Mm. to do with family. How do you recharge? Um, just in, I don't need, like, I don't typically need, well, that that's not true. So I just spend a day just kind of just chilling, you know, like, you know, not thinking about the business, um, looking at, you know, some silly movie, usually some romantic movie that my husband says is boring. Um, <laughs> Of course he would. They never want to watch what we watch. <laughs> but, you know, because he wants to, you know, he wants to see the gun, gunfire, shoot him up stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's usually um, watching a very, um, because I need to, whenever I watch a film, I want the film to speak to my heart. Right. And so when I have those days when I can do that and then just kind of spend some time with God in the morning, that, that is my biggest recharge It's in the morning that 15, 30 minutes with God is, it, it, it definitely pulls that, you know, makes my day a whole lot better. What are you awesome at? Ooh, what am I awesome at? Um, well, you know what? It's kind of funny because like, I don't want to talk about myself like that, but I think I'm awesome at looking at the good in people now. Cause I used to look at the bad in people and I used to be fairly good at that. Right. And I think the reason why I used to do that is because whenever you come into the emergency department and you see people at their sickest, you have to have an eye for a patient. Whenever they come in, you gotta be like, Oh, we got to get that one back next. Right. You got to be able to prioritize based on how the patient looks and how the what the patient's vital signs are, so on and so forth. And so you're always looking at the bad, right? And so I was always looking at the bad at people. And nurses know this. We have a lot of incivility in nursing, okay? We have, we, oh, we used to. We didn't have it as much anymore. But we had a lot of incivility in nursing. And so I grew up in that, that stage where, you know, hey, if you ain't do it right, oh, they were coming after you, okay? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and that's just not a good environment to, to grow up in. And so now I, look, I just, I, I just look at the good in people. I it's just like, you know, I, I'm, and I'm really good with loving you through your mess. You know, okay. I just, I can't, you know, I can, that's the only thing that I can do. T.D. Jakes put it best. He said that if you had, a, 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 <laughs> if you had a test, if it had 10 items of the test, and that one question was worth 91 ants, 91 points, and the rest were worth one point. Okay. 
and you answer that one question right, the question would be whether you love God and whether you love people. And mm. if you can get that right, then, you know, because there are people mm. who are always going to have differences from you, right? They're always going to not be believe in the same, you know, political candidate. They're not always going to believe in the same religion. They're always, I mean, that's the, what makes us different. That's what makes the world go round. But if I can love you, even in that, I mean, that agape love. I mean, you know, I don't have to hang out with y'all the time, right? But I, I ju- just love you through it. So I think that's mm. probably one of the things that I'm much, much better at than I used to be. So wow, yeah, Bishop Jakes, he's my, he's my pastor. So yeah. Oh, is um, he? Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what legacy do you want to leave? I just want them to. Um, I want them to know, um, I want the company as a legacy for them. I want them to, um, be able to the reality is that I want them to understand the impact that they make on other people, understand how to make that impact, understand how to, um, be amazing. Uh, you know, because they're, you know, obviously I'm African-American, so the African-American, right? So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, be amazing at, at who they are. You know, I can remember a time where I used to think that um, my, I used to honestly think this, and this was when I was younger, and I don't know where I got this thought process from. I think it was because I was born on the, the south side, the back side of the civil rights movement because I was born in 1972. And, you know, Martin Luther King died in 1968. I used to think it was a white man, white woman. I used to look at everything black and white, white man, white woman, black man, black woman. And I used to think that I had to scrape and scratch in order to get to where I needed to be. That was one of the reasons why I pursued my doctorate. And it was because I felt like I needed that in order to validate myself. But see, the reality is that is how you feel about yourself. That is the biggest thing. How others feel about you ain't none of your business, right? And so you really want to make sure that you understand that you are powerful enough to do amazing work outside of that. And so that is what I want to lead to them is that they can, they can conquer the world and they can only, you know, because they can have a, a, a high school diploma, they can have whatever they need, but they, they just need to know that they are amazing. And that's, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing that I want to leave to them. So. Yes. All right, Dr. Viola, give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Um, one motivational takeaway that I, that I always go for. Um, mm, that is interesting. Um, let's see. I think the one motivational takeaway is um, life is... Um, there, and I, I can't quote it word by word, but it is a Les Brown quote. And he talks about the fact that there's more books, um, more poems, more um, songs, more cures um, in the grave than there is. And it, the, the graveyard is the richest place on earth because that's where those undeveloped things are. And that you have to live life and you have to live it to the fullest. And you, you know, you really can't live in fear. You have to live it to the fullest because if you live 
like you're scared of everything every day. Hmm. The God, the devil is taking away your your drive. It's taking it's it's just messing up your day basically, right? And the reality is that that's what his desire is to do, right? And so you live every day to the fullest, every single day. And so if you die tomorrow, then you die tomorrow. But you don't live today like you a boss, right? And so, hey, it don't matter. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There's so many people, like you said, in the graveyard that never lived their dreams and their purpose. And, and yes. Mm, okay. Well, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, um, your social media platforms, and if they need some healthcare professional training. Yes. So you can contact um, me at Viola at VP, V as in Victor, P as in Paul, nursing.com. Um, I'm on YouTube at The Nurse Nurturer and on um, Inst- I mean Twitter at The Nurse Nurturer. Um, on Facebook, of course, I'm Viola Pierce. And then um, at VP, and I've got a VP nursing page and on Instagram at VP nursing. Well, Dr. Viola, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. This has been fun. And we got to do our girl time happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.